And that's honestly what I want to talk about today. As we get into this, I want to to talk about why we do what we do as a church. And, um, you know, I'm looking out. I know a lot of you, some of you, I'm not sure. Maybe this is your first time here. A little bit different week this week, okay? But I hope that for all of us, by the time that we leave today, we can know that we're a part of of, of a church, of the body of Christ. that's helping God to, to, to change people's lives, you know? Did you know that God uses us in that process? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we kind of think like God's doing his thing and we're sort of doing our thing and there's, there's kind of two separate things, but it's not. Like we co-labor with God in order to affect people's lives for the kingdom of God. And so, uh, so I'm excited today to be able to do that. My name is Jordan. I'm the uh, senior pastor here at Northwood Church. And so, so excited to be with you. I've been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, we were uh, obviously rotating through all the different locations. So I was in Ocean Springs one week and in Wiggins another week. And, uh, and last week, me and my wife were actually, we went to New Orleans. Uh, we celebrated 16 years of marriage. So we're excited about that. Really cool. Um, we, went, we went to a, a store in New Orleans in the mall, and, uh, you know, we were buying some stuff, and, and the girl that worked behind there, she's probably like, I don't know, 23, something like that, and then she was like, y'all got something special going on? I was like, yeah, you know, Nadine's like, yeah, we're celebrating our, uh, our anniversary, and she was like, oh, congratulations, how many years? We're like 16, she was like, <laughs> she was like yeah, we got married whenever we were 21, and a couple kids, and and all that, and uh, whenever we started telling her like how long we've been together, you would have thought we were from another planet. You know what I'm saying? You got married when you were 21, like nobody does that anymore. But uh, every now and then somebody does. But anyway, we had a good time, so we're glad to be back here today. And uh, before I jump into the message, I I did want to kind of highlight something that we're starting next week. we, we do a lot of different message series here. So it's, it's basically sermons that are kind of split up into maybe a month, maybe two months, sometimes three or four months. And we are starting a series next week called Loving Logic. And I wanted to take just a, a couple minutes and talk about this series to you. Um, I don't know how to stress uh, any more than what I'm about to say, the importance of how much I think that this series matters for our church and honestly how much this series matters for our nation as far as the body of Christ is concerned. Um, it's Loving Logic, and the subtitle is A Biblical Response to Unbiblical Philosophies. And uh, we are going to be moving for seven weeks through the topic of progressive Christianity and sort of how progressive Christianity is uh, sort of infiltrating the church, doctrinally speaking, and the philosophies of the world kind of trying to intermingle with uh, the philosophies of the church. And, uh, you know, a couple years ago, a lot of things changed in our world a lot of things changed in our nation, um, not that it wasn't already changing, and, but a lot of things took place, and there was a lot of hills that a lot of people thought that we should die on. You know, surrounding some things we look back now and we kind of laugh about, you know, like whether you should wear masks or not and all this kind of stuff, you know. I mean, honestly, like seriously, like two years ago, I mean, the whole world was burning down because of those types of situations, right, and those conversations, and we look back. And, and there were certain people that thought, like, that was the hill that we need to die on, right? Like, things like that. And there's other political issues a lot of people think we should die on. Uh, for me, this series is a hill to die on. So, like, if you're wondering the things that actually matter to, to me and to, to our church, this is the series. And uh, we're going to be talking about sin, atonement. We're going to be talking about sexuality, a lot of different things over those seven weeks. And so I want to highly encourage you to make sure that you are here for that. Um, and if you do miss a week that you would, you know, catch up online and stay in touch because uh, we think it matters. And for the first seven weeks, it's going to be loving logic. And then the rest of the year, we're going to be spending the rest of the year basically in the book of Colossians. 
And uh, so it's sort of like, hey, this is what's going on in our culture, and this is sort of a cultural apologetic. But then we're going to look at the book of Colossians and see what Paul dealt with and how that really applies to our culture. Uh, there's two different angles at the same exact thing. Um, and we're going to be talking about Jesus a whole lot, which is always a good thing to do, right? But, uh, but, but not in a religious way. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, are, are really into like apologetics and stuff, but for, for young people, uh, this series is going to be very important because... This is going to give you reasons for why you believe what you believe. A lot of us, we've heard, you know, certain catchphrases or certain things for a long time as we get raised up in the church. But whenever it begins to kind of the rubber beats the road, uh, we, we, need, we need to understand why we believe what we believe, you know, intellectually and experientially. And so anyway, we're really excited about this series, and I hope that you guys will check it out and uh, be here for that, all right? And if not, you can always catch it online, which is just never quite as good as being in person, but it is, it's going to be good. So, all right, cool. So with that, let's go ahead and kick into today's message. Today is, is basically our, our next steps Sunday. And what it is once a year, we take some time and we, uh, we go over our, our mission, our vision, uh, our values as a church and sort of kind of, you know, why we do what we do. We just talked about why we believe what we believe, but why do we do what we do? For some of you, you've been in this church a very long time very long time. And what happens is whenever you're in something for a long time, you can sort of get used to what you do. And you just like, like you know, week in, week out, things just become kind of uh, autocomplete. I don't know. It just kind of depends how you think about it. Uh, things don't stay fresh. And so today I want to refresh you on, on who Northwood is and, and what we're doing. But if you're kind of newer around here, today is also... Uh, uh, you're attending Next Steps class, all right? <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. You're attending Next Steps class, and, uh, and you're going to hear who we are, what we're doing, and how you could be a part of what we're doing here at Northwood Church. And so, so with that, I want to let you know a little bit about who we are, a little bit about our history. Uh, Northwood Church started in the 1970s, and uh, it was like Grace Temple. And uh, then we moved here in 1980 here to this property. Uh, the only thing that was here was like building number two in O'Neill Road Apartments, like right over there. Everything else was woods. We had like this cabin looking house next to us with this field. I don't know. And uh, uh, anyway, now it's all houses. And so, uh, but we were here first, right? But 1980, uh, we, we built building number two. And uh, I wasn't alive yet, so I didn't build that. So I should say they built building number two. But um, uh, but in 1989, uh, my dad, Pastor Van DeCody, uh, and our family, obviously, we moved here in 1989, and uh, God had done an incredible work in, in our family and my parents' lives, and uh, we came here in 1989. I was four years old, and so I was along for the ride, but I do remember that we, <clears throat> for whatever reason, we used to park the, uh, the tractor in the back of Building 2, where the two-year-old nursery is. It was a tractor parked inside just thought that you would want to know that but um that's that's how things were going back then and but you know uh it was an incredible time i remember that we used to uh, rope off all the pews on the right and the left side we just just the center sections were uh were not roped off and um because there wasn't a lot of people coming and i remember my dad saying we need to we got to take those ropes down because people are going to be coming you know, there was cobwebs under the pews. We didn't really clean the outside sections. And he's like, we need to start cleaning the outside sections because people are coming. The baptistry was full of silverfish and old cardboard boxes. And uh, it was not a good situation. And, 
he, he ripped everything out of the baptistry and said, people are going to be getting baptized here. And obviously we can tell that that is exactly what happened. God's been faithful in that. But it took faithful people to, uh, to lay it all on the line, to leave first, first family members to leave the area that we lived in. Right, to, to lay it all on the line and come here and follow the call of God. So that's what's been happening. So, um, you know, at that time in 1989, we were about 25 people. I think it was about $100,000 in debt. So things were looking up. And, uh, but God began to move. And so we started our second location in Wiggins in 2004, which is about 30 minutes north of here. And then 2014, we started Long Beach, which is about 20 minutes west of us. And then last year, we started our Ocean Springs location uh, right there in Ocean Springs, which again is about 30 minutes uh, to the east of, of, of us. And uh, God's been faithful. Uh, we just sang about God's goodness. But, but one thing I, I know is that God is faithful, but he also uses faithful people. He uses faithful people. Go read the scripture. He always used people who were surrendered to the call of God on their life and would be faithful. And so we continue that today. Uh, our staff we kind of have, we have a very simple, simple staff here at Northwood Church. I guess I should say this one more thing before I move on. And t- about four years ago is actually whenever my dad turned the senior leadership over to myself. So it's been four and a half years already. Four and a half years. And we're still here. We're still here. Even through the pandemic and everything. So, um, but it's been about four years. It's been good. It's been good. It has not been completely easy, but it's been good. It's been good. But our staff, we, uh, we have six staff pastors here, uh, four of which are over each of our locations. Uh, you know, Casey Stokes is here in Gulfport, uh, Mike Menace in Wiggins, Micah Butterfield in Long Beach, and then Stephen DeFazio in Ocean Springs. And so we have a, a lead pastor to each location, but we also have a teaching team uh, made up of eight different guys, and, uh, which if you've been here the last probably about eight weeks, you've seen every single one of us, and uh, which has been really cool, been really good. But we have uh, two additional teaching pastors on top of the six staff pastors, and then we have other part-time and full-time staff members. Uh, one thing that I love about Northwood is that in that time, there's been no splits, there's been no scandals, right? There hasn't been like $100,000 that came up missing or whatever. You know what I'm saying? There hasn't been like half the church take off and go with somebody else. And, and uh, that, that is a testament to good leadership and also uh, a good community, a good culture and a church of people that are for one another, not against one another, and continue to maintain that. And so, uh, so you know, we're excited about what God's done even in that, that regard. But uh, our government, just want to let you know too, like we're not just a, we're a non-denominational church, but we're not flying solo. Uh, I have uh, three overseers. And um, uh, many of you, like for instance, you know Josh Canizero, he's come and spoken here uh, many times. Uh, my dad is actually still an overseer here at Northwood Church, so um, I can't get away with very much. And uh, not that I would, all right, come on guys, but, uh, but also Michael Smith. But three men that oversee our church uh, protect me from you and you from me. How's that, right? So if something happens weird in a weird way, uh, doctrinally or financially, uh, legally they can come over and uh, they can kick me out. Um, but you can't kick me out, all right? <laughs> if you've been around church long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, uh, we've got uh, three overseers, and we also have five members on our uh, financial board that oversee our, our finances and uh, kind of check off on everything that happens here at Northwood Church. So that's good to have, obviously. But uh, I want to talk to you about our culture, our culture. This is how I, I, I visualize culture. Culture is sort of like, picture that you're about to plant a seed, and it's the soil that the seed goes in determines if the seed grows, right? How, how healthy is that soil? 
And as a church, our culture is that soil. And it's, a, a culture is not just a style of music or whatever. Culture, one of the best ways I think that you can kind of put it is it's how people treat one another. It's a culture. You know, what, 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 do, what do you feel like whenever you kind of start getting attached to this church, to the people in this church? That's the culture. You know, if I go to a restaurant, I don't experience the food first. I experience the people first. I experience that waitress or that hostess or whoever. And you can feel the culture. A church is no different. Your family is no different. Every family has a culture, you know, a feel. And so we have a culture here. We believe that our culture is shaped by our, by our values. And uh, last year, we actually tweaked our values. Um, and I want to share those with you because these aren't values just like words on a wall. These words really guide us and, and sort of prioritize things in our church. And I think it's important that you know that, especially if you're new. It's like, hey, what is this church value? What, what are they all about? And that's what I want to share with you now. Number one, we value people. We value people because simply God values people, right? God values people. We are made in the image of God, and that's not something to take lightly. We value people because God values people. And so I don't know if you know this, but the church is not uh, a building. The church is not a bunch of, you know, just, just randomness. The church is made up of people. The church is people. And so we have buildings and we have, you know, the institution of the church and all that. But, but without people, we have nothing, right? And so we are the church. And a lot of you have heard that phrase a lot. You know, we, you know I am the church. We are the church together. But we've got to remember that, that we are people that make up the body of Christ. And in Romans 5, it says this, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God values so much people so much that he sent his son to die for us. There is a, there is a value upon every human being. That's right, people you like and people you don't like. They all have value, and so we want to value people well. Uh, the next value is that we value hospitality. Hospitality. Sometimes we just think of hospitality as, as like inviting people over to your house and like you're a good cook or whatever. You know, it can make people feel welcome at your home. But hospitality is a spiritual thing. And in a church, it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's, it's kindness. It's, you know, are we cordial to, pe to people? Are we generous to people? Romans 12, 13 says this. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Seek to show hospitality. We live in a culture in our world that people don't seek to show hospitality one to another. Come on, y'all. They don't. They're mean. Why are people so mean? It's a culture we live in. Everybody's fuse is like that, that, you know, that long, and it's like, done. And, but the Bible says that we're supposed to show hospitality to one another, especially to one another in the body of Christ. Be long-suffering, to be patient, to be kind with one another. Showing hospitality is the bridge between isolation and community. On a Sunday morning like this, a lot of you, you know, again, this might be your first time here, and you know, my hope is that you felt hospitality whenever you came in. But, but very easily, whenever you walk into a room full of people that you don't know, the people who are already there, it's their responsibility to make the new people feel, feel accepted, Right? To show hospitality to those people. I always put it this way. Um, if somebody comes to my house and they walk in the front door, and it's, I'm sitting in my living room, and they walk in the front door, how awkward would it be if I didn't look at them, say hello, hey, man, you want something to drink? You know what I'm saying? Like, like actually be hospitable. It would be, it'd be super weird if I just sat there, just kind of like glanced at them and nodded, and then just kept going, right? 
It's, it's weird. That, that person would probably need to, I think I'm going to come back another time. You know, it's no different in the church. Some of us have been here so long. This is our living room, y'all. And whenever we see people, people come in, don't just do the whole nod thing. Like, hey, like, that's a person with a name. Go find out what their name is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like be, be cordial, be, be generous, be kind, be hospitable. The next thing is we value community. Romans 15 says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. The church is made up of people and people who are hospitable, but also people that make up a community. Now, there is the church, the big C church. There's the kingdom of God. There's the big conversation. But, but we, are, we are in smaller groups, right? Smaller churches, smaller church communities all over the world. And those are the people that you do life with. Those are the people that you know. And so we both look at, man, the, the bigness of the church and the bigness of the body of Christ. But also when it comes to community, that's speaking of, of, of a smaller circle. Speaking of the people that you know their name, right? Like, you know their name. Like, you see them most weeks. That community, we value community here at Northwood Church. And we're going to talk about some ways that you can get in the community here at Northwood Church. Um, I do want to say this. If, if you don't crack the door to community in this church, like any other church, you are not really taking advantage of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, you're not. There's just kind of a, a part of a big service like this, which is great. And I believe in these gatherings. I think this is great to hear someone teach the word, to gather together, to, to sing. And I, I think it's awesome. But this isn't it. The community aspect of the church is, is also extremely important. And so um, a Christ-centered community is kind of the way that we would say this, this value. A Christ-centered community is one that's united by a faith in Christ and a love for one another. There's so many one another's in the Bible, and this is one of them, that, that we would love one another. So I want to encourage you to, to jump into community here at Northwood Church. Uh, the next thing is this. We value health. And this is something that we've spent a lot of time talking about this year, how we value health. And I don't just mean physical health, although that's important, all right? I mean holistic health. Did you know that you're physical, you're emotional, and you're spiritual? And every part of you needs to be healthy. For me, I prioritize spiritual health above all of them because I think that our spiritual health is uh, the part of us that's eternal. But, but it's not just that. Your soul health, your physical health. We are a, a, a body and a soul and a spirit. And so we, our, our health, our physical health affects our emotional health. Our emotional health affects our spiritual health and vice versa. And so as a church, we want to remain uh, aware of our health in every category because it's important. I believe it's important to God. Proverbs 3 says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace, bring you shalom and prosperity. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I believe that as we follow God, it literally even affects our physical body. His law, his commands are good for, for us today as well as for eternity, right? And so God's design for us is to be healthy and whole. Now, sin has broken 
perfect health. Sin has broken us. We were designed by God to live in perfect health. And uh, it was an optimal design, but here we are, 2022. I think that we can look back at history, and we can also look at today and realize that we are not in perfect health in any way, shape, or form. Sin is a problem, and sin has broken that design. And so we are, we are in this kind of in-between. We're, we're in the, the, the already but not yet that we talk about quite often around here. You know, we're, we're, we're looking for eternity. We're, we're reaching out. We're grabbing hold of that health that we will experience, that wholeness in Christ, in God, in eternity. But right now we see brokenness around us, and that's a reality that we uh, that we don't we don't shy away from talking about, right? We don't shy away from from that. Faith is not denial of the reality around us. We're going to encounter sickness. We're going to encounter death, but we have a hope that surpasses that. The next thing is that we value stewardship. First Peter four says this: As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. In everything God may be glorified as we steward the gifts that God has given us to serve one another. And so we believe in stewardship. Listen, everything that we have is from God. That's what I believe. I believe our health. I believe our finances. I believe everything that we have is from God. And he has, he has entrusted those to us to be stewards of those things. Um, I don't actually look at anything that I have as my own. I don't. Everything that I have is from God. Everything. And if you begin to live life like that, you begin to look at your health, you begin to look at your time, you begin to, begin to look at your, your resources, everything that you have as you are stewarding those things for the glory of God. And so that's what we do here at Northwood Church. We steward everything that God gives us for his glory. Everything we have is from God, and we are responsible to steward all things for his glory and for the good of others. And so that's a little bit about who we are. I want to let you know what we're doing. What we're doing, what are we, what are we doing? We gather together, we know what we're doing right now, but overall, what are we doing? And this is extremely important. Number one, we are doing the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And this is found in Matthew 28. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is called the Great Commission. And if you're a believer, if you're a part of the body of Christ, this is for you. This is for us. This is for all of us. This is not a seasonal Great Commission. This is not something that we do just on Sundays and Monday through Saturday. We, we, we kind of hit pause on Monday through Saturday. This is an everyday, all-day Great Commission that we're a part of to make disciples to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. In tandem with that is the great commandment, which is found in Mark 12. Jesus answered, the most important is, uh, most important commandment, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these, to love God with all that you are and to love people. Those things are so closely related. It's why we talk about relationships so much in the church because we, we relate to God a certain way, but how we relate to God affects greatly how we, affect, uh, how we relate to people, right? Like, I'll just use forgiveness quickly. I forgive people whenever they hurt me, not because I want to, but because Jesus has forgiven me. God in Christ has 
forgiven me. That, that's why, that is the standard. That's the threshold. It's not that I like the person. Is that okay to say? I'm just going to be real honest with you. We don't have permission to not forgive. Like, the Bible doesn't uh, leave that open for us. I know nowadays it's really trendy to say, I have not yet forgiven them. I'm processing for like 10 years, and people withhold forgiveness. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I just don't see that in the Bible anywhere. You know, my counselor says I need to go slow with forgiveness. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe not with the forgiveness part. Like, the healing part's another conversation, right? But, but like, as far as holding on to things, like, anyway, you guys get what I'm saying. We're called to love people. We're commanded to love people. And how we relate to God is how we relate to people. So we wanted to do the Great Commission and the Great Commandment at Northwood Church. That's what we want to do. And I would say this. Every single church out there in America, in the world, ultimately, that is what they're doing. You can't get away from that. If you get away from this, I, you're no longer the church, right? Like this is what Jesus said for us to do. So there's not a lot of drifting away from that. Uh, the way that we describe these two things is in our mission statement at Northwood Church. We say this. Our mission is to build Christ-centered communities that help people know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. And we say that quite often. It is on the wall, and that's important. But here's the deal. If this right here does not get in you, then it's just on the wall. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's just something that we say. This right here has to be something that, that makes sense to you, that is absorbed into your heart, that like I am on mission to build Christ-centered communities, and based on the values that we just talked about, that type of community, that help people to know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit un until we die or Jesus comes back, right? This is the mission that we're on. These three components, know, grow, and go, uh, they really define a pathway to spiritual formation for people to know uh, God, to grow in Christ and go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, when, when we look at know God, that's really where lost people need to receive salvation. People that are far from God need to draw close to him, to be born again, to, to surrender their life to Christ. There's a, a lot of different ways of saying it. But that they would, would come to a, a moment where they realize who God is, they would understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that they would surrender their lives to him. And intellectually and experientially, a lot of people want to separate those things. They, they make the, their relationship with God either all about intellect and all about head knowledge, or it's all about heart and emotional experiences with God. And I believe that God uh, is, is a part of both of those things together in a balanced way. It's not one or the other. But this is where people understand justification, that they are justified before God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We just sang that. Okay, that's what, we're, that's what we're singing about. We want to help people in this process to know God and not just to know God, but to enjoy God, right? To know and enjoy God, which is really synonymous. But number two is to grow in Christ, that those saved people, they need to be pastored and trained. Okay, whenever someone's born again, a lot of times we, we use the illustration of a, of a baby being born. And what do we do with babies? We don't just leave them there. Say, all right, well... Vaya con Dios, you know, just now eat, do, do the thing, grow up. No, we care for them. We support them, we, right? And so it's no different with somebody who's just become a new believer. We need to train and to love them and to care for them, to disciple them in what it actually means to be a, a follower of Jesus. We want to help people grow in Christ. This is a, also the long process of sanctification, 
How many of y'all know what sanctification is? Come on, right? Like, that's, you know, if you don't, you're in it. Like, it's just life. Like, you, you get saved, and then it's like, here you go. Now it's time to actually work, you know, and allow God to shape who you are. So we want to help people know God, to, to, to meet Jesus, and then we want to help them grow in what that means. And the last thing is to go in the power of the Holy Spirit, where pastored people, cared for people are mobilized to go and do the same thing that people have helped them with. And this is an important point. And, you know, I, I might not would take as much time on this point if we were in the Next Steps class, but I want to kind of veer away from the class for just a second, kind of the scope and sequence of the class. And I want to talk about this point right here. Pastored people need to be mobilized. Pastor does not mean me as pastor pastoring someone. That's not what I mean when I say that word. That word is, uh, is, is it's like a picture like a shepherd. And there is a, a, an under-shepherd, which is the pastor, but we all need to be shepherded. We all need to be pastored. We all need to be cared for. And I want to let you know something, that that responsibility to pastor and to care for people is not solely upon the guy that stands on the stage and has the title of pastor. That is a joint responsibility that we all have to pastor. And, and one thing that I've seen is this. I see a lot of people come to know God. I see a lot of people begin to grow in Christ, but I see less people go in the power of the Holy Spirit. I see less people become mobilized in what it means to be a disciple maker, not just a disciple. Some would argue that you're not actually a disciple of Christ until you are a disciple maker for Christ. And a lot of times we pump the brakes when it comes to this right here. We're really good about, about helping people know God. We're really good about settings like this. We're really good about, about getting people plugged into something really quick. But when it comes to us as the body of Christ continuing to actually make more disciples, the vast majority of people offload that responsibility to somebody else. Is that okay to talk about today? And it's even more difficult when you've been in church for more than 10 years. The longer, the longer you're in something, the more you grow accustomed to just being a part of something and not being someone that replicates it, if that makes sense. Consumerism can become a thing. Consumerism. And it's like, okay, or, or I did that for a season of my life, but now I'm done. And when it comes to helping people know Christ, we are never done with that. We're never done. Now, I've, I understand the, I understand becoming fatigued in things. I, I do. I get it. But we have to ask our, 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 ourselves a question, why do we get fatigued? And many times it's because we stop doing what God told us to do, and then we become fatigued and burn out in that season, and we never re, like, kickstart that season again. Did you know that at a certain point as a disciple of, of Jesus, the only way that you can really continue to grow, one of the main ways that you can continue to grow is by actually helping other people grow? I started playing guitar when I was like nine years old. And um, I played for about nine years and I had gotten pretty good. I understood, you know, music theory and all that good stuff to a certain extent. But then I began to teach. And when I started teaching other people to play guitar and other people to sing and other people to play piano and all those good things, I learned how to do those things to another level. 
There's something about whenever you begin to teach other people something that you even learn it better for yourself and you grow in that. And I'm telling you, it's no different when it comes to the things of God. Jesus told us to go make disciples. And for some of us, we hit the pause button on that. Maybe we did it for two or three years. And I want, I want to speak to you and I want to encourage you to begin to make disciples again. And maybe for some of you, you've never made a disciple before. You don't even know, like, where do I start? What do I do? We'll talk about a couple of easy things here in a moment. But it's not a program. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a program. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's you giving of yourself to someone else to help them know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit. A few, a few months ago, uh, a couple of years ago, me and a couple of buddies, we started spending some time with a, uh, with a guy. And uh, we, he was hungry for the things of God. He was hungry for the things of God. Um, but he, was, he had a lot of questions. And we, uh, we started hanging out with him. We started talking to him. And, man, he, was, he had so many questions. And so finally, after about, I don't know, a few months of us having all these individual conversations with him, we decided just to get together, and we said, I asked him one time, I said, hey, man, have you ever read the Bible at all? He's like, not really. I was like, why don't we get together and just read the Bible? Let's just read the Bible and talk about the Bible. And so me and a couple of buddies and him got together on the back porch, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hot outside. You got mosquitoes all over the place, but it's all good. You know, we started reading the Bible and uh, just sharing the gospel with this guy. And... Um, you know, I know he got a lot out of that, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was getting probably more. Because at times, we, we, we don't just sit with people and just be. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's like, well, are we just being with people? And are we just being authentic and real and just not doing a program, but like just, just loving people? You know, and, and I don't want this story to be overly dramatic, but I do want to share with you, uh, you know, I've kind of been holding on to the story for a little while, but um, he, uh, a couple months ago, passed away in a, in an, a motorcycle accident, and, um, you know, that if you've ever been witnessing to somebody, and uh, they're in the process of becoming a follower of Jesus, and, uh, and something like that happens, it affects you, and it puts in perspective what matters and what doesn't. And um, I think we get used to hearing the whole thing. Uh, you never know when it's the last time you're going to talk to somebody. But it's true. And God has us on this planet to be communicators, to be ambassadors for him, to communicate the gospel. Because you have no idea who it is that he's put on your heart. And you don't know if you're the last person who will literally be a representative of Jesus to them. And we've got to take this seriously. We've got to take it seriously. And so, you know, as I'm saying this, maybe there's somebody in your life right now that you're thinking of, that you, you might be the only person or one of a couple of people who can actually represent Jesus to them and communicate the gospel to them. And I want to encourage you to begin to pray for them and to begin to seek them out and, and with some urgency, because what we're doing matters. This is eternal stuff. 
And so when we talk about knowing God, growing in Christ, and going in the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, listen, let's be motivated by something more than just words on a wall. Let's be motivated by the word of God. Let's be motivated by the fact that, that we're ambassadors for God. And let's reach people for Jesus. Amen? So at Northwood Church, these three things uh, take place through a lot of things that we do. And we do services like this. Uh, we do classes, which we're about to talk about here in a moment. Uh, we do groups, which we can sign up for today. We, have, we do teams, which if you walked into this room today, you experienced someone on a team serving today. Uh, we also do it through local missions and through missions trips. And honestly, anytime that we gather, did you know that anytime that you gather together with somebody else, you are helping them to know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit? It is, it is just, it's a byproduct of the body of Christ. That's right. When you get together and hang out with somebody on Friday night, did you know that it's iron sharpening iron, right? When you get together in a small group together, one with another, and you begin to share maybe what you're going through in life, you're, you're, you're caring for one another. You're, you're confessing to one another. We are growing in, in these environments. So uh, these things are not just things that we do, okay, but they are things that help us to gather together in order to accomplish these three things that we just talked about. And so the question is that we want to talk about real quick is, is how you can be a part how can you be a part of what's going on here at Northwood Church? Um, and for some of you, it's how can you continue to be a part, okay? Uh, well, we believe that every person has a part to play, that we are many gifts in one body. And Romans says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And so... We are a bunch of members. We're one body in Christ. So first off, how can I be a part? I, I want to let you know something, that to be a part of the church, first and foremost, is to be a member of the church in Christ. This sounds really mean nowadays because nobody likes to put it this way, but, but I, you, you can't be a member of the church without being having faith in Christ. Now, I know that sounds pretty basic, but nowadays, <laughs> that's really mean to say. Um, a lot of this, it's, it's you can belong before you believe, and, and there's a part of that that I understand the sentiment, but what can happen with that sentiment is that we can fall into religion, which is I just keep showing up to church, therefore I am a part of the church, the called out ones, and we are not a part of the church simply by just showing up and signing up. Like, that's not... That's not membership in the kingdom of God. Membership in the kingdom of God is through one door, Jesus. One way, one truth, one life, him. And, and we, let, let's not fall into the, 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 the religious mindset that just because I come on Sundays that I'm good to go. That's not how this works. So when I say how, how can I be a part, how can you be a part, number one, I would encourage you to seek the face of Jesus. Seek the face of Jesus. But many times we, we ask this question, how can I be a member? I've gotten that question a lot. How can I be a member at Northwood Church? And uh, for some, that means like moving a letter from one church to another. Now, hey, y'all, listen, I was raised non-denom, and we didn't do the whole like letter thing. But like I, that's like a big deal. And, uh, but we don't have letters here. So uh, if we don't do letters, how can you be a part of Northwood Church, right? Some of y'all aren't laughing. I, I realize that there's a lot of you who do the letter thing. Sorry. <laughs> My bad about that. Um, I would say this, number one, ownership is membership. 
So um, whenever this church goes from y'all's church or that church to my church and our church, I think that's a big deal. All right? It, it, it'd almost be like in your marriage if you were to be like, yeah, that wife. Ooh, that felt bad. <laughs> like, it, it hurt when I said it. Like, you know you don't say that. Like, you just don't say that. It's my wife or my husband. You know what I'm saying? Our marriage. Not your marriage. It's our marriage, right? Like, y'all feel me on that. In a church, in a community, it's, it's our church. You know what I'm saying? It's not like somebody needs to do something about that. It's, man, am I the one that needs to do something about that? It's, it's membership, it's ownership. And so I think it's a really important mindset to have. Uh, we believe that members invest their lives into the kingdom of God primarily through the local church. Not only, but primarily through the local church community with their time, resources, and abilities. The kingdom of God, it's not just one church, one church building. But one church, one community is part of the kingdom of God. And for many of us, the way that we are going to live out our faith day in and day out is going to be in the context of a local church. That is, that is kind of the primary way that it happens. Not the only way, but it's the primary way. And so, so, so membership is ownership. You have a part to play. you got to realize that as a part of the kingdom of God, you are a puzzle piece in the kingdom of God. You do have value. You do matter. There, there's things that God has done in your life and is continuing to do in your life that he wants to use and he wants to help other people see that and grow. Um, a lot of times what happens is in environments like this, certain people are seen and platformed. And what can happen is people feel like they are larger than life or they are just a better Christian than others. And so that's why God's using them. But God won't use me in that type of way. And I have so many questions about that because, listen, y'all, like I put my pants on today when I you know, got up. Like I'm a, I'm a regular person. I'm sitting up here. It doesn't make me a better Christian than you. It doesn't make me closer to God than you, okay? That's not, that's not what this is about. Um, but I, God has, has put me in a position in order to communicate things to you, and that's what I'm doing. But that doesn't communicate uh, value. You, you see what I'm saying? Equal value. And in the church, you have to realize that whether or not you ever get a microphone like this, um, uh, that, that doesn't. That doesn't matter. You have, you have value. You have gifts. You have abilities that the kingdom of God needs. I'm, I'm telling you, like, the church is not built on one person, y'all. It's hardly ever built on one person other than Jesus. <laughs> it's, never built, it, it's not built on a person. If something's built on one person and a personality, it's very temporary. This church is not built on one person. It's one of the reasons why you see so many pe different people preach each week. Because I don't want you to like my preaching and not like somebody else's. It's, it's not built around me. I might get hit by a bus tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be real. It's, the church is built around Christ. And we are a community. One to love, loving one another. And so, so membership, how can it be a member? I just want to simply put it like this, by taking your next steps. What does it look like to take my next steps? Uh, to be a member at Northwood Church. What's my next step? Your first next step might be this, and you have to ask this to yourself. This is my next step to receive Christ's salvation. What I was just talking about a second ago in regards to being a member of a church, um, I don't want you to look at Northwood Church as, as being a member because I'm on a team or I do this. Like That's not the primary, that's not the first thing I want you to think about. I want you to think about, am I, am I saved? Do I know Jesus? Have I had an encounter with God? That's, that's the first thing. That's the primary thing. Everything else is the next step. The first step is, do I know Jesus? 
And today might be that day where you bow your knee to him. I don't know. We just listened to Josh talk. I think he said he was in his truck. You, know, it, <laughs> you don't have to be at an altar like at a, at a, in a response time at a church service. Jesus is not just here, okay? But receive Jesus. Number two would be, is my next step to get water baptized? If you've been saved, but you haven't been water baptized, did we do baptisms last week? That was last week. So coming up probably in the next month or so, we're going to do water baptisms again. I want to highly encourage you to sign up to get water baptized. It's, Jesus was baptized. He commands us to be baptized. It's, it's where we, we make a, a public proclamation of faith. A lot of people put it that way, but some people call it the wedding ring of Christianity. You know, it's not, it's not salvation, but it does, it, it is your next step after salvation. And so the third thing would be this, is my next step to join or lead a group at Northwood Church? We do services, we do a lot of different things like that, but we also do groups. And I wanna take a second and talk to you about groups. We have five different lanes. We have freedom groups, we have uh, sermon groups, we have study groups, hangout groups, and I'm missing something, grief, grief share, yeah. And so we have five different types of groups, five different lanes for you to join, to get, uh, become a part of. And uh, it, it is a place where you can get to know people, where you can kind of get in a smaller group of people to get to know someone, get into community, and also grow in Christ. And uh, uh, that's right, we need to get around people sometimes to grow in Christ. Nowadays, especially after 2020, it's like we're excited whenever we don't have to be around people. <laughs> it's like I just want to go home, be under a blanket, and watch Netflix. You know, like that's my safe space. Well, our safe space needs to be around other Christians, growing in Christ together. It doesn't have to be like 25 people. I get it. Some of you are like, I can only handle three or four at a time. We have groups with only three or four people, okay? Like it can, it can work. It can, we, we're okay. We can do this, introverts. Come on, you know? I get it. I get it. The older I get, the more introverted I am. So I'm, I'm beginning to, I have much more compassion and empathy for the introverts in the room. Uh, I get it. But, but the, the, we, we can't let that or something like that or even honestly fear of people. Maybe we've been hurt before. Keep us from getting in community with people. We have to continue to put ourselves out there. And, uh, but, we, but we do groups um, to help people grow and also to disciple people. Some of you, um, I, I said, and lead a group because some of you have led in the past, but it's been a long time since you've led. Or maybe you've been a trainee or whatever. And I want to encourage you to step back up to the plate and to lead, to help other people grow in Christ. Um, again, what I was just saying, God's done things in your life, and people need to hear that. People need to be led by that and inspired by that. They need to hear your story. And, uh, and groups are a, a great place for that to happen. Number two is my next step, or the next thing, is my next step to serve or lead on a team at Northwood Church. Um, we have a lot of different teams, man, from greeters to production, to worship, our kids ministry. We have a lot of different teams, but nothing at Northwood Church happens without a team. Our groups are led by a team of people who lead our groups. Everything that we do is in a team format. And so it's why we encourage people to be a part of a team. It's sort of like what Romans just said, every person has a part to play. Our teams are a great on-ramp for that. Um, it's a great way to, to kind of give back, to serve one another. Um, I mean, today you can see the, the worship team. Obviously, that's a very public way of using your gift and your talent to, to serve the body of Christ. But there's many other ways that, that, uh, that we do that, whether it's the parking lot team. Uh, it doesn't matter. There's a, a bunch of different ways. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not on a team, to join a team. Um, we do a, a rotation here. Every team kind of has a little bit different rotation depending on how deep the team is. 
But, um, but every team is important, and I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, I could go on and on about our teams, but uh, we're running out of time, all right? So, uh, but, but you'll hear more about our teams in the future. Um, but in, one of these next steps is, is, you know, I believe everybody has a foot, right, proverbially speaking, and, and which shoe fits? Do you know Christ? Have you been baptized? Are you in a group? Maybe it's time to lead a group. Are you on a team? Maybe it's time to kind of step up in even your team membership to team leadership. But whatever that next step is, today is a day to take your next step. And I want to encourage you in that. And uh, at the end of the service, we're gonna, we have tables in the back of the room. We're going to have people there who want to help you sign up today and to uh, join a group, join a team. I want to encourage you in these things. But I, I want to take two specific uh things or a couple different minutes to highlight two specific things. Number one is this. Uh, we have classes here at Northwood Church that we do during the fall and spring semesters, and they're on Wednesday nights. And so uh, we did hot topics and we did a marriage class in our spring uh, semester. In this fall semester on Wednesday nights, we're going to be doing a parenting class, and it's called Parenting Through the Phases. And it's where we will learn how to make the most of each developmental phase in a kid's life uh, parent in a way that helps our kids feel known and supported and to anticipate some of the challenges they will face. I don't know if you know this, but if you're a parent, your kid is in a phase. All right. Some of you are like, I wish that they would get out of the phase that they're in right now because I want to throw them. Sorry. I was just, man, you guys take, they'll take things serious. Sometimes it's just a joke. You're like, oh my gosh, he's speaking so harshly. I would never throw my child. Golly, man. I mean, I don't think I would. No, I would never. I would never. <laughs> but we need help parenting our kids. And, 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 and so I want to encourage you to, uh, if you're a parent, and you, if you're a parent, period, to, uh, to take, take some time. That's right. It's going to be about eight different classes, seven or eight different classes. And that's right. On Wednesday nights, you're going to sacrifice some time to come and show up and to learn how to raise your children better. But the last thing I want to talk about is this, and then we're going to close. I want to take a second, and, and uh, we have a young church here at Northwood Church, right? Isn't that great? Come on, isn't that great? It's great. It really is good. It's the setup. It's the setup, guys. See, whenever I get you to clap about something, it's a setup. We have a young church at Northwood Church. And, uh, like, for instance, night of worship, we all had a wonderful time, and it was great. Um, and we had like 70 kids below the age of five. Lord in heaven, right? And uh, so we have a young church, and we have young families, and we love kids, and we, we have a great kids ministry. But it takes a lot of people to, uh, to serve in our kids ministry in order for our kids ministry to continue to operate. I'll just put it that way. It takes a lot of people. And we have a ton of faithful people who have served for, for many years in our, our kids' ministries, uh, zero through 11 years old. And then, of course, we have our Northwood student ministry from sixth grade through 12th grade. And uh, um, every, every now and then, we get to a place where certain parts of our kids' ministry are in need. And so I want to take a second, and I want to highlight our zero through four-year-old ministry. And, and here's the thing about zero through fours. First off, we only have uh, uh, women. Uh, females serve in our, um, in our zero to four-year-old ministry for obvious reasons. And so in that, uh, we also have a lot of women who, <clears throat> they have their kids all week long, right? Come on. And then it's Sunday, and they're like, the last thing that I want to be around is more kids. <laughs> Change more diapers. Um, 
And so what happens in this is, is that it also takes a lot of energy. And so we have, you know, some of our older ladies may can serve with some of the younger ones. But, man, you start getting to that age where they can crawl around and walk all the way to, like, four years of age, which I have a four-year-old. It's, uh, it's a lot. And so what, what takes place, it, it takes a toll on people. And it takes a toll on people also whenever that team's not at the best rotation. And so right now in our zero to four-year-olds, there's different teams in different places. But they're at about a two-week, two- to three-week rotation. Depends on what room that we're talking about. And, uh, and so what takes place is that the, the ladies that are serving in there consistently are taxed. The leaders who are leading consistently are taxed. And, um, and, and so here's kind of what I want to throw out there to you today. Um, we need to double that team. We have about 25, 26 ladies on that team. We need that to get up around 50 people. That's what we need in order to double that, that rotation. And so what we need is about 15 or so uh, uh, women, adult women, and then we need about 10 or so uh, teenagers. And we need you to sign up today and to begin the process of joining our zero to four-year-old team. Some of you have served in the past and, and you took a break and, and maybe that's you. I wanna encourage you to, to sign up. Here's the deal, if we have enough people sign up, then people don't have to serve as much in that team. And so it makes it, uh, it, makes it easier for everybody, all right? But, um, and also, maybe you're at a spot where, man, I can't serve every other week. I get it. I get it. But if you could serve once a month, still, go sign up, and we want to we plug you into that team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great having a young church, but it also takes work. So also in tandem with that, I just talked about night of worship. We also have special events. And whenever we do special events, we also need child care for those events. And there's certain events that we do pay. Um, so if you come in and serve on those nights, we will actually reimburse you for your time. Um, but but we, need, we need women to serve in that team as well. And so uh, I'll give you an example. We have these classes that are coming up. Well, here's the deal. If you are a young person, you know, uh, maybe a young lady and you've got a couple kids and you want to be in the parenting class, you need someone to take care of your kids. One plus one is two, y'all. You know, and maybe you don't have a family member who can all of those Wednesday nights. Well, we have child care on those nights. And so we need people who don't have kids to take care of people who do take care of kids, right? And so, uh, so sign up for the events team, and that way we can contact you for the, like classes, nights of worship. Maybe you're a little bit older, and, and, and you're like, hey, listen, I, I have some time that I could give to those things. Let us, let us know, and let us get you plugged into those teams. Every now and then, we just have to be honest, y'all, about where the need is, and the need is in our zero through four-year-old ministry. Uh, right now, I guarantee you some of the people that are in there have served quite a bit, um, and, and and honestly, as a pastor, you think about, you know, things that I feel responsible for. Whenever I find out that somebody's been serving uh, four weeks in a row because there's not enough people, man, that hurts. We don't want that. We don't want that. And so, so I know, I know it, you might be a little bit burnt in the past. Come on, let's, let's all come together. Go with me. Take a deep breath. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I would if I could, I, but I can't, right? Uh, <laughs> little sarcasm there but but guys listen Northwood Church has been around a long time and we've gone through a lot of different phases a lot of different seasons and um, we are in the beginning of a new phase in the beginning of a new season and uh, and I want to encourage you to, to jump on board to jump in take your next steps uh, we're about to start small groups I believe actually what two weeks from today two weeks from today 
And uh, I want to encourage you to get in a group. Some of you, if you've never been in a group and you've been here for a long time and you just keep dodging those groups, man, I want to encourage you. After, the, after we're done here today, everybody head to the back corner over here. Find a team. Find a group. Find a person that you connect with and ask them what group or what team they're a part of and get hooked up with some people. And, uh, and let's all continue to know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Come on, let's stand up. I want to pray for you. God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this community of people, God, that we're a part of. Lord, I thank you for the great commission, God, that you have given us the great commission and the great commandment to be faithful to. And Lord, I pray that as a church that we would remain faithful to that. God, that we would remain faithful to that both individually and together corporately. God, I pray that today that you would help some people take their next step. Give them boldness to take their next steps with you. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for your spirit that's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.